0: Hi there, and welcome to Thrive Church podcast. Here in Puyallup, Washington, we're so glad you found us, and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. Well. I have uh, just a brief message to share. We have some other festivities coming with the egg hunt and and some time for fellowship. But I do want to share a message that um, is on my heart this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you or your, your uh, electronic Bibles or whatever it is, uh, or if you don't, then I'll just read it for you. Um, I'm going to start uh, in Hebrews chapter 12. This is sort of like my... Uh, My verse that I'm going to be kind of coming back to um, in the message, so uh, I will uh, come back to this verse. So if you want to kind of keep your finger there, um, I'm going to reference a few other scriptures, but this is the one that's sort of going to be central to what I'm talking about this morning. Hebrews 12, um, verses 1 and 2, and it says, I just want to talk a little bit about that joy that Jesus had his eyes fixed on um, that motivated him, that enabled him to endure the brutal suffering of the cross. That's a pretty big deal. Would you agree? I mean he he had something in his in his sights something he was looking towards something he was thinking about that that allowed him to endure that enormous amount of of suffering and torture what was in his mind? What was in the forefront of his mind as he, as he went through the agony? Every, every single breath that he took as he was on the cross. And even, even before that, with the beating that he, that he received, merciless beating, and uh, then he had to carry this heavy, rough, wooden cross on his back that was blistered. I mean, if you can just imagine it, there's uh, the movie "The Passion" kind of displays that for us to see the pain that he would have been in. What was in his mind? What was he meditating on? Uh, What 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 enabled him to keep his sanity? Uh, There was one there was one time in my life where I experienced what I thought was quite a, a lot of pain, and I was sweating was not a fun event i was i was sweating not because i was hot but because it was painful and i thought i was gonna die it was it was horrible and it lasted for me probably about half an hour although it seemed like about four hours in the middle of the night i thought i was gonna die but um what was what was going on inside of jesus that allowed him to go through this. I mean, it was an extended period of time. Continual suffering. What was the joy that he carried? Was, was Jesus gritting his teeth thinking, this will all be over soon, and I'll be back in heaven, back to being God again. <laughs> was, that, was that what Jesus was thinking about? Was, was Jesus thinking, if I get through the next 24 hours, I'll get the prize of the century. The Father will put everything under my feet. Uh, I'll have the name above every other name, the name that causes every knee to bow. I'll be seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Is that what Jesus was thinking about? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the prize of the century. These are some really incredible elements of what Jesus did actually receive. I read most of what I just read came from, comes from Scripture. He did get that, but that was not what Jesus was thinking about. That was not the joy that he carried in his heart. He's like, I'm not going to be just. Uh, he wasn't worried about how exalted he was going to be. That wasn't what he what what got him through. What got him through was you. He was thinking about you and he was thinking about me and the other millions, billions of people who would live after that time, who would have the opportunity to come into a a right relationship with God, who would be redeemed and restored to, to connection with God. That's what he was thinking about. He was thinking about People, you are the joy that was set before Jesus. Was, I mean, I think that's really, really a, a cool thought. <clears throat> Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 18 says this I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Jesus is. Inheritance, Jesus' reward, as that scripture just said, it was found in the saints. I was like, that's what he was looking forward to. You and I being able to experience reconciliation and the fullness of what restored relationship with him looks like, that's what was motivating Jesus. Like Jesus taught his disciples, um, he spoke to them and he said, uh, "If you if you want to uh, if you want to enter into the kingdom, you need to count the cost." Right? You remember him talking to his disciples about that. Well, Jesus counted the cost too. I mean, he wouldn't have been one to instruct others like, "Do this," but I'm not going to do that. Right? He counted the cost. And when he looked at the cost of what your redemption and my redemption would be, he looked at that cost and he said, that's a price that I'm willing to pay. Most of us have probably heard the idea that if we were the only one right? If we were the only one that Jesus would have been able to save uh, by giving up his life, he would have still done it. If it was just you, if it was only you, he would have still made that sacrifice. And I believe that that's true. But I had an interesting thought. I was just pondering something I do. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking, um, this is not really something that the Bible speaks too directly, but to me it was an intriguing thought, um, and it was this: what if, what if Jesus took time as he was as he was pointed towards Jerusalem and the cross that he knew was coming? What if he took time and he thought of every single person individually, like, like he actually considered, you know what, what about? what about Angie? And I know really quickly he would, uh, yeah, she's worth it. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And he, what if he, what if he thought about each one of you and he thought, yep. Yeah. No, they're, they're amazing. I, I would definitely, definitely endure that so that they could experience my life. Then he then he looked at me, and he was thinking about me, and he thought he had a second thought. He's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. But eventually he even decided that, that he thought I was worth it. <laughs> I'm just teasing, by the way. But... Uh, I don't know that for me, that just, that felt so different thinking like that. Like, you know, when you're, when he's, he, he, he wasn't looking to make, uh, he wasn't looking for a, a, a bargain. Jesus wasn't like uh, shopping in the bargain basement for how could he get redemption for his people and pay as little as possible. He wasn't looking for a discount. I mean, we, we like to find discounts. We like to find discounts. Deals. Jesus wasn't making a deal. He's like, I want to pay the full price. The devil probably offered him, you know, hey, you know, we could probably make this happen. You know, you don't have to quite, you don't have to give your life. Let's, you know, maybe we'll just like a little bleeding. You'll be good. And Jesus is like, no, I want to pay full price. I just think for me that just, it just impacted me thinking about that because uh, when we think about the fact that he chose to go through all of that suffering and when we think about him doing that for us, like for me, uh, he did that for me. that, That blows me away. And then to think this, like, I was, I was not only some, someone that he looked at and thought, you know, you're, you're valuable enough for me to go through this. I was the joy that was set before him. (laughs) He was, he was like, Oh man, John's life is going to be so amazing. Once he encounters the cross, once he comes into my kingdom, he's got, his life is going to be so filled with goodness. Oh. I was I was the joy. You, how about we make this declaration together? Can you can you help me out with this? Say this with me. I was the joy set before Jesus. I was the joy set before Jesus. Wow. The scriptures teach us that that we died with Jesus through baptism and that we were raised to life in his resurrection. I I believe that the the joy that Jesus held on to during his sufferings is that he was dying so that in his resurrection, we could experience life. That picture, uh, you know, we we died with him in, in baptism, but we were raised to life. He was looking towards that opportunity for us to be raised with him in life. John 10 10 says I, I came that they may have, they might have life, excuse me, and have it abundantly. He he wanted to give us abundant life. And, and how many understand that that when Jesus wanted to give us life abundantly, he wasn't just talking about our natural life. Like, he wasn't just talking about, I want you to have clean air and clean water. I want you to have clothes that are really nice. He wasn't just wanting to have that kind of abundance in the natural. He wanted all of us to experience life that was huge in every realm. In in spirit, soul, and body, he wanted us to experience the fullness of life. That fullest expression of life that we could imagine in every area. That's what he wanted to give us. And in order to give us that, he had to die so that we could die with him. So that he could be raised from the dead and so that we could be raised to life and experience life. That was the life. Sometimes we would misunderstand this, this, this transaction of, uh, you know, when we, when we take on, when we believe in Jesus, when we, when we confess that he's Lord with our mouth and when we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we, we think of this as uh, this is our entrance into heaven like we get this is my ticket we had a bunch of have a bunch of tickets on the floor here this is my ticket into heaven because now i've confessed with my mouth that jesus is lord i believed in my heart he is the king and he was raised from the dead this is my ticket into heaven but jesus didn't die in order to get us into heaven how many how many know what I'm talking about Jesus didn't die to get us into heaven you're like well he didn't <laughs> dang I was kind of hoping he did he did but actually what he the joy that he was looking towards in his heart was not so that we could have eternal life in heaven with him only it was he wanted to get heaven inside of us right didn't die to get us into heaven, he died to get heaven into us. His plan for his death and resurrection was to give us access to the fullness of life found in him, not just so our eternity was secure, but so that our present would be transformed. How many know that Jesus cares about your present? (sighs) He's not like just well, whatever you're going through, that's no big deal. Don't worry about it because someday you'll be with me in heaven. No, He cares about your present situation. We see Jesus's uh, intent uh, to to see mankind experience the fullness of life in in the succession of events that followed the resurrection his ascension to the Father. He spoke of this in in the Gospels. He spoke uh, about his ascension. He said, I have to go away because if, if I don't go away, I won't be able to send the comforter to you. If his, if his focus was on getting you into heaven, he would have never worried about that. I've heard preachers uh, kind of use the illustration of, you know, if, you, if God was really worried about getting you into heaven, as soon as you said the prayer, they pull out a revolver and get you there right away. <laughs> that's not a good idea. Um, but that's not, that's not what was in his heart. He wanted you to have uh, the experience of, of a full life. He wanted you to have abundant life in, in your present world. Yes, there is eternity, and I'm, I'm not trying to take away that reality. That is absolutely something we get to experience with him. Absolutely. But I just believe that his focus wasn't on that. His focus was on, I want to give people the opportunity to have fullness of life in this earthly life. The other event that I was referencing that it was the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. This is what another event that followed the resurrection. And this was equipping of the body, the equipping of the saints with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it, we were going to need it here. We were going to need the Holy Spirit operating in our lives in the here and now. You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if the only goal and the only focus is is heaven. And I think, honestly, I think some of the church is so focused on on that heavenly experience someday that we forgot about the fact that the Holy Spirit is here and now for us to experience and to release to the world around us. (sighs) God's plan all along was to give his life so that we could enter into the new covenant, be restored to him, be filled with the Holy Spirit and power so that we could represent him to the rest of the world. This is the joy that Jesus carried. (laughs) This is what was in his heart while he was enduring the cross, this he was seeing people with, with hope restored, filled with his Holy Spirit, living in fullness. ran across this scripture the other day, and it just kind of jumped out at me. It's, it's Psalm chapter 16 verses 10 and 11 and i'm reading it from the passion translation which i just really love it just for me has made so much of the scripture come alive with just new depth and meaning um but verse 10 uh, it says for you will not abandon me to the realm of death nor will you allow your holy one to experience corruption for you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. Um, verse 10 is a clear reference, prophetic reference from the Psalms to Jesus. It's a prophecy about the fact that Jesus' body would not experience Decay. He wasn't going to go in the ground like most humans who die and are buried. He wasn't going to go in the ground and decay. He says, you will not allow your Holy One to experience corruption or decay. It was talking about the resurrection. It was like, he's not going to stay in the tomb. Everybody say amen to that. He's not going to stay there. And he didn't stay there. He, he rose to life. And then in verse 11, it says, For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life. If I had a title for my message, it'd be, I'm doing this for the sound man, actually, The Resurrected Life. (laughs) There you go, Noah. Um, The Resurrected Life. you bring me a continual revelation of resurrected life. I believe that verse 11 is what we reap because of Jesus's resurrection, this continual revelation. I mean, just imagine this like continual uh, uh, growing and understanding of what Jesus paid for with his death and resurrection. What did he pay for? What does that mean to us? Uh, continual revelation and unveiling a continual discovery of what my life can be because of his resurrection what does it look like for me to live in the fullness of his resurrection life and then it has this final part of that verse the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you that's It's describing the condition of your soul having continual revelation about resurrection life. And what does that look like? It looks like you being on this path of bliss that brings me face to face with God. Now, I, I learned an interesting fact that in the Hebrew language, there is, there's no there's no word actually for presence like we talk about god's presence we love his presence in the hebrew language there is there is no word for that so what they what they use is this phrase that is translated here as which brings me face to face with you that's what it means to be in God's presence. Like, God, I want to be in your presence. I want to be face to face with you. When we live our lives in connection with his presence, we live in that place of continual revelation. We see, I mean, we look in his eyes and we see what we didn't see just a moment before. And it's a revelation of what resurrection life can look like for us. We see in Him hope. We see in Him um, strategies for our lives. I mean, we see all kinds of things, but we find that in a connection with His presence face to face. Now we know that we only experience the fullness and the abundant life in our surrender, right? When we surrender to him and we're like, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to live and move and breathe with me. I want to experience that face-to-face encounter with you, not just one time, not just once in a while, but I want to live there day after day, moment after moment. I want to live in that place. But it's in that place of surrender. Um, back to our, our key scripture that I started with. Um verse, this is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 again, but it says of Jesus, he's he's the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. But the first verse is actually, actually an instruction to us. He's saying, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which can so easily entangle us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, It's giving us this, I don't know if you're catching it, but it's giving us this picture of Jesus. He's, he's saying Jesus had something fixed in his mind as he went to the cross. There was something that was fixed in his mind. He he was there he was focused on the joy, and we talked about what that was for Jesus. But actually, the scripture is an instruction to us to be like Jesus. Right? It's saying because uh, uh, because we have so great a cloud of witnesses, let us do this. Let's lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run the, uh, the race with endurance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Are your eyes fixed on Jesus this morning? Is your life focused on Jesus? Are you pointed at him? Something that I've been just praying every day for probably months now is Jesus my life is pointed at you there's nothing else that's important to me everything centers on you everything is about you everything is about your kingdom and about your presence in my life it's what it is I'm pointed at you This is what it looks like for us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It tells us to lay aside everything that keeps us from being able to live this resurrected life that's found in Christ. It says every encumbrance and the sin. Sometimes we think the only thing that that gets in our way is sin. Um, Well, I don't think so. I think sometimes we have to give up things that are really, really, really good things, but they're just getting in the way of our focus on Jesus and what he has for our lives. Right? This is what Jesus died and rose from the grave for so we could live life in fullness. And it's that fullness that's only found in complete surrender to him. Amen. Yeah. Why not we stand? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just invite his presence right here. He's already here but let's just kind of focus in on him for just a second. Lord. we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We're fixing our eyes on you this morning. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father. We love you, Lord. We invite you here. We ask you to come close. Lord, we want to experience face to face right here, your presence, Lord. And Lord, we're ready to surrender our hearts to you. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're in a place where you haven't really been deeply connected with Jesus. Your walk with Him isn't isn't red hot and fully alive right now. That I'm just I'm giving you that opportunity to press in right here. Press in to know Him and to experience more of Him right now. Jesus, we invite you right here. Thank you, Lord. you can have it all lord every part of my world so take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours if you know those words you can sing it with me You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. (laughs) So take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. Sing it one more time. You can have it all, Lord every part of my world so take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours we surrender to you god we surrender to you lord we we fix our eyes on you well, oh, we know that you're going to perfect our faith, our uh, our ability to believe in what we can't see, to believe for things that are impossible. <sighs> Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless your name. Amen. Awesome.